Welcome once again to Delayed, live from Edge City. I'm Jim Demers, and today our podcast is a special edition in which we'll be covering a meeting that was held a couple of weeks ago at the iDrum Performance Space, in which a number of artists attended in a discussion on the possibilities of filing a lawsuit against the city of Atlanta because of their failure to collect the 1.5% for arts money from public projects. This law has been in effect since 2001 and actually was passed initially 30 years ago. It's the 30th anniversary. Mayor Maynard Jackson passed it in 1977. So, without further ado, here's our intrepid moderator, Robert Cheatham. Usually, uh, you know, these things turn into a free-for-all, so since I'm going to be the moderator, and i got, like, two things, I'm going to be about some of this. So if you got something to say, you can ask a question. If you have a statement, you know, just keep the five minutes. It can be like improv tonight, or I get a gong or something. That's it for you. So I'll pass this to you if you have a question. But first, I think, in order to delineate the lawsuit, because that's what we're here for, I, I don't think there are any people city or any press here, so it's just interesting parties in our community. Uh, I don't know whether Bill or Evan want to give uh, a thesis about what the whole thing is about. Evan, you want to go first? Or Bill, Bill, you want to go first? Just, you know, short statement about what it's about. What's in August of last year at a meeting with the mayor? She specifically asked that they complete a, an assessment, and it was completed a year ago, almost a year ago. So the, the real issue is that it's the first anniversary of a report that they refused to release, and only through an open records request did we get it, and I posted it after I got it, and what it clearly documents is that what we were trying to get this mayor to do three, four years ago has still not happened. And so it doesn't appear that there's any alternative to try to capture these funds without proceeding. And in discussions, there was, it was brought up that the board of iDrum was considering the possibility of being a plaintiff. There are two other nonprofit organizations that are considering or have agreed to be clients. And so the idea was to call this meeting to talk about what the options were. Okay. So anybody have any questions about that particular? Yeah. Um, it's not clear from that statement, Bill, what report we're talking about. Uh, it's the, it's technically called the Baseline Allocation for Public Art. And it's a report um, that includes an executive summary as well as a full report that was prepared at the mayor's request um, by the manager, Eddie Granderson, of the city's Percent for Art program. And it was completed in November. There was an executive summary added in the discussion when this was first released. At the first meeting, Eddie identified that there was $1.3 million that he was aware of, I think in sidewalk or quality of life bonds that had not been captured. Um, and now this report shows that there were 
a total eligible bond revenue of 352, almost 353 million dollars, and they only captured 1.7. So uh, it's it's somewhere close to over five million dollars that should have been captured. Uh, so this is a report that the mayor requested. It is an assessment of only those four years or five years from 2002 through 2006 for her term after she had said when she was running for office that she would implement this. A lot of us were here, a lot of us here were at the Puppetry Center when she made a statement that she would enforce the percent ordinance. And here it is in 2006, five years later, 2007, even longer that she has not done what she said she was going to do. So. And how far back is this ordinance put in the books? Uh, 1977. The original ordinance was passed by Mayor Jackson. Okay, I have a question for you. What, uh, if you're a plaintiff, uh, people may wonder what the repercussions of that might be. A, a plaintiff, or, or depending upon jurisdiction and depending upon the way this proceeds, it could be a petitioner as opposed to a plaintiff. Basically the same thing. It's, it's just somebody who is going into court and saying there is no possibility of relief other than asking for the intervention of the courts to hear both sides and make some resolution of it. Well, I guess people might think, would there be any repercussions from the funding area of the city, the Bureau of Office of Cultural Affairs? Repercussions to the plaintiffs or to the right. cultural affairs? No. If I'm an artist, I'm not going to get any more grants from the city if, I, if I'm a I, plaintiff against the city. I think that if, if there were plaintiffs involved, that part of, part of any settlement would have to include um, a non-retaliatory provision to protect plaintiffs and organizations. Um, essentially, the plaintiffs are not going to get any money. The money was allocated for everybody, and it's just like you had $100 in the bank to be spent for sewers, and they didn't spend it. They had $100 that was supposed to be put in the bank for public art, but didn't capture it. So the only thing that the plaintiffs in this case are doing is saying how much and put it back in the bank and spend it the way it was, the way it was intended. I mean, it's, it's, none of the plaintiffs are going to get any money. Um, you mentioned two other um, nonprofits that Public domain has considered being a plaintiff. There's been no, no final resolution. Public Space Initiative has passed a resolution that they will be a plaintiff. Well, the, the Percent for Arts Ordinance has been on the books for 30 years, and even the former head of city council, Kathy Wooler, said that it's obvious that the city has not um, put any teeth behind it and captured those funds. Um, and the only way to seek a remedy is through either you know trying to um, push um, elected officials to and the bureaucracy of city government to do that, or the other remedy is to to take some kind of legal action, which has a precedent um, when the city of Seattle, their um, their municipal utility city lights, which was part of their broader capture of percent. Um, this, the, the municipal electric company
decided that they didn't want to participate in the program. So they were going to opt out of the present program. And the city of Seattle's arts community rallied and filed lawsuit on behalf of the artists and the arts community and the citizens of Seattle. Um, and what I have here is a copy of the, the Amicus Curiae, which is the friend of the court brief that the Americans for the Arts filed on behalf of the plaintiffs of the city against the city um, municipal electric company. So in other words, there's a precedent. They won that lawsuit. And so there's a precedent here that we can uh, potentially get a friend of the court from a national organization to also bring some sort of force to bear on the local arts community to, to create a capture mechanism. And even within the de department um, of the Office of Cultural Affairs, they, they don't have the power to ask the whole city to, you know, to commit and, and you know, to, to, to do this. And so it has to, it can't be voluntary. Um, it's pretty clear when you read the percent ordinance, the way that it's written, it says all capital improvement projects. Now, if you're on the side of the city and defining that, and if you're on the side of the arts community, you can define it in two different ways, um, potentially. Um, the arts community should, has never really sought to define, like, what does that mean? Like, what does all capital improvement projects mean? And that's a pretty simple sentence. But it means a lot when you're talking about every single sidewalk improvement, every single runway that goes in, every single you know sewer pipe that gets dropped. Um, so, it, so in defining it, if you're on the city side and you say, okay, well, only these funds are eligible, these only these bond issues, only these uh, improvement projects are eligible, and even the numbers that Eddie provided. Um, were probably generous on the point of the city. I, I don't know that for sure, but the perspective is, is that when you look over years and years of not capturing the funds and the future for future funds being captured, we're talking about a loss of a lot of funding that is supposed to be directed towards art in the public realm. And the, the ordinance in the public art master plan were written so that, that it doesn't just include like um, art in a like a fire station when they build a fire station, but it's also like where there can't be art placed. Those funds should be be captured and utilized elsewhere, either for performing arts or um, you know or something else. If 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 the if the arts community were defining it from the perspective of the you know development community and the um, and the, the administration, they're going to define it in a different way. So the, the, really the only remedy to, to seek how this ordinance is defined is really through a legal you know, means. And that's the way any law is sort of challenged and, and it stands. You know, um, is, is just through, like, and I'm not a lawyer, but I've discussed this with several lawyers and their understanding is that this is a pretty clear-cut case. The city has not complied. The arts community, now, the, the, the backlash against the arts community is that, you know, they could say, well, these are, you know, public funds. Well, to, and from, from the perspective of this ordinance being on the books for 30 years, the mayor's perspective could be, 
also that she, her hands are tied, are tied that she should, she should comply and that, that, you know, that this was on the books for this many years and she has some sort of political cover to say, look, you know, just this is the situation and we should just, you know, fulfill this obligation. What it does, a percent ordinance to me, and this is how I would define it, is it ties the arts community to the growth of the city. It, it basically says that as your community grows, as you put improvements into your sidewalks, into your, um, you know, into your buildings, and you know, into your city hall and, and everything, that you're going to grow your cultural community alongside the growth of your your other communities. And, and, and so it's, it, the city of Atlanta has not done that. And I think we would have witnessed a whole different city emerge over the last 20 years with all of these funds being captured. And it also sets the stage for sort of an empowerment of the arts community to say that we are partners in the development of this city. And it's the only tool the arts community has except, you know, basically the process of begging foundations and the government to, you know, basically give you know, some money. And it creates like kind of uh, the mentality that you're, instead of like you're growing with someone and have a powerful constituency, that you're a diminished constituency. The legal representation is analyzing what would be the remedies. And the remedies could be a couple of things. That, that there's a mandated capture mechanism. Because it's not occurring through the process of lobbying and politics. So if you have a mandated capture mechanism that, that sets the stage for uh, a line item in every capital improvement project that has to be signed on, then those funds immediately get pulled. And then it's up to how those funds are used and, and how, you know, because the mechanics, once they're captured and how they get used, if the community is responding and understands that there's these pool of funds out there in the trust fund, then there would be more sort of, um, I guess, um, like a light of you know looking and at those funds and seeing how they could be utilized to grow not just visual arts organizations, not just putting specific objects into the public space. The way the, the way the funds were probably used was that they just became part of the pool of money that the contractors got who did business with the city. And they didn't, you know, participate in the program. So if we're having hard times with water, preservation, and sewer building, and who knows what other problems are going to be coming up with all this earth changes and climate change, if, if the general public sees that we're, the artists are suing the community, or suing, suing the city for money for millions and millions that's already been spent on something more practical, right? right? And then that money has to be taken away. I mean, you could see how it might get reversed in a negative way towards artists. There's, a, there's an interesting issue with that because when you look at what the mayor says and what the mayor has done, she has, in fact, tried to find every possible way to slide around and failed to capture the money. Well, we don't have a mechanism in place to get it in the bonds because you have to have special language. Well, you know, she calls up somebody at the law department and says, every bond that goes out of your office. I'm not saying whether it's right but, or wrong. But the, but the issue is that 
if artists sue, it's only because they're suing on behalf of all the other citizens. Right. Right. They're the ones who are informed about it. Right. They're the ones right. who are taking the role of standing up to the government and saying, look, it's only 1.5%. It's for your community. It's for all of us. And it's know, as, right? as essential right. as any of the other elements.
they have all the streets, all the sewers, all the water, all the infrastructure belongs to the city of Atlanta, and yet, and they are capital improvement projects, and not one penny was captured for public art. Now, Atlantic Station has thrown some table scraps, um, and they have allowed their property to be used for other people raising money and doing public art over there. But it, it is a example of what has happened and what's going to happen on Peachtree Corridor, Fort Mac, and the Beltline. Primarily the Beltline, because they're already passing tax allocation districts in which it's simply a way to divert any possibility of capturing the percent of funds. Anybody who hasn't asked anything yet, any questions so far? Aaron, let me go here so you can get the first. Um, I know that one of the issues is this uh, question of uh, developing or figuring out uh, a mechanism for capturing these percentages. Um, and, and you had said earlier, Bill, that um, out of, I guess, 3.5 million that should have been captured, uh, some, some percent has been, some percent has been captured. One point five. So my question is, has, any, has there been any look into or any research done on what mechanism was used to capture that that percentage of the money. Yeah. So I'm saying presumably there must be some mechanism if, if some money got into the, into the there is a, There is a list of specific bonds and sources in the baseline report um, of where the money is coming from. And it was from the Opportunity Fund, from the Park Improvement Fund. Uh, but when you look at the line for public Works where they've been doing all of the all of the uh, sidewalks and stuff. There was a lot of money. It's it's money. Um, fire department, the new fire stations. There is some money captured. Uh, so it sounded like it's coming back to a question of definitions, mm -hmm. maybe like you were saying, because I'm hearing stuff about parks and fire stations, which there's a kind of real obvious tie to where public art might fit into to that, but well, not necessarily. Evan, Evan, though, was saying that it's not just about, perhaps it would not just be about public art, right or wrong, it's saying. Well, I, 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 I would, would be determined by the community. I know it's been under the rubric of public art. Right. Was, I, was I wrong? If, in, if it were a project in which public art was not appropriate, the advantage of the master plan that was passed in 2001 is that it allows the option for capture and pooling of funds for art in any medium through a community process to be installed and commissioned in, in other areas where it would be more appropriate. But for them to say simply, you know, the, the, the argument with the sewer funds was, well, it wouldn't be appropriate, but the short-sightedness of that is that all of, there are numerous public art programs around the country in which huge wastewater, uh, landfills, uh, sewer projects are all having major impact on a community and they're being, and, the, and those impacts are being mitigated through the use of artist design teams being part of the process and, and art being part of how the community um, enhances itself through those kinds of opportunities. In this case, they simply said it's not appropriate, it's underground, so tough luck. And it so was never even considered. So it sounds to me that there is a mechanism then. That's not the no, that's not really no, the question. There, there is no mechanism. Then how is the but then how did the, 
Yeah, yeah then how was that 1.5 ever played? That's uh, my question. Some, some departments capture it and some don't. And who, who I mean, does that? When, when, you, when you look at the baseline report and read what Eddie writes, what he, what he says in his recommendations uh, is that there is no uniform procedure, uniform procedure, uniform procedure or process that's been put in place. Applied across the board. Yeah, to everybody. They, they, they have failed to communicate it. I mean, the mayor passed an administrative order in March of 2005, and they've continued to ignore it. Question, please. Um, I just, for my own clarification, um, so we're saying that over a million dollars has been captured. 1.7. 1.7 million dollars has been captured for the percentage from the percentage of the arts. Where did that money go? Good is question. the money still there? If there, where, where is there? You know, at the beginning of arts and humanities month, asking how much money was in the public art trust fund, and the answer was it's not zero. Right. Uh, there's nothing. <laughs> there's there's no idea of how much is in it. There's no there's no report or documentation in the baseline report of where the 1.7 was spent or whether it was spent. So the, the the document that you're referencing right now that you have in your hand yes. says there was 1.7 million dollars that has been captured. And. Someone with the city is, do we know if we're asking the right person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone. What is the city spending? You know, where. Gregor, do you know? Gregor's on the public art advisory committee. Okay. Uh, and the, the problem, and I think Gregor will support the claim, is that the city doesn't know. There's nobody who does know. And when asked to do the report, um, I posted the report. You should, I'll give you my copy. You should read it.